Okay, with Alex uh, Vickery Howe, Watchlist is the winning screenplay from the Environmental Film Festival. You called this, it's a real, I, 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 when I was reading the script, it's, it's a thriller, but then you kind of said in the blog interview that it's a uh, cli-fi. <laughs> yeah. That, which, is that something that you, you should copyright or you should trademark? <laughs> it's not something I made up, but it's something that people keep saying to me. I think it's more of a, um, a, a genre that you'll see in books. And I think it's coming out of the whole um, the climate change issue and global warming and so on. And so it's it's um, it's like sci-fi, but but climate based. So, but that's the hence the environmental festival. So it's basically about a man who falls in love with an eco eco terrorist, and then yeah, then shenanigans take place. I guess I don't want to give too much away. Shenanigans take place, and and um, uh, I guess I was thinking. I guess I was thinking I couldn't get my friends invested in the issue of climate change. I couldn't sort of get that conversation going. So I thought, let's let's dress it up as a thriller and a bit of a love story and see if that sucks people in. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you you entertain and then you educate after the entertainment. You have to entertain first, right? Nobody wants to be educated. Everybody just wants yeah, no to one wants the long the long monologue that goes for twenty minutes and <laughs> and that's all you get. Yeah, that's the that's the long con, right? Like entertain and then basically then you'll add some thematics in the, in the mix, I guess, right? Absolutely, lure, lure them in. That's right. You did it! C congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So tell me about the process of writing this. So that, that sort of like you, you're you're you are an environmentalist. You believe in the cause. I strongly believe in the cause, and I guess the thing that bothers me the most is apathy, right? And I, I get it. We're all really busy. We all have our lives to lead, but this is an issue that's going to uh, obviously affect all of us. And uh, I don't know, you know so much about where you are but in Australia we still have the conversation about whether it's real or not that conversation is ongoing and and I mean that at a political level at a, at a government level so you want to cut through all of that and say pay attention um, in terms of the process a lot of coffee that's basically how I write anything I just I put on a massive pot of coffee and churned through my rage, I guess, for, for hours at a time. Gotcha. So then, so then, and then, so then the, 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 the process is that basically you believe in like, this is, this is a big cause. And then, so let's make a thriller to kind of like uh, tell the story, but then same time you, you have some game, you have some screenwriting game, I guess, right? Like you, this is, I'm assuming this is not your first screenplay that you've written. It's not the first thing that I've written, and this is originally this was a, a stage play as well. So I wrote it. I wrote it as okay. a stage play. It was performed here in Adelaide, and the interesting, uh, you know, I'm, I'm being, you know, you never want to give away too much uh, in in an interview, but the interesting thing about Delia, this this eco terrorist character, is if you're really committed to this cause and you really believe we're headed for trouble. How far will you be willing to go? What will you be willing to do? And uh, without giving that away, the fact that COVID happened in the middle of the stage play was was very interesting. So tell because... me, okay, so tell tell me about that. So you're you have a, you, have a, you made a, a stage play be, the, before it was a TV series. This is going to be a TV series. 
yeah. the stage play. So you're in the middle of doing the play. This is like February, March, 2020, correct? And then uh, just after about it was early 2021. And so what okay. happened is the play was published before it was performed. Okay. So it was published probably, yeah, 2020. And then it was before, performed in 2021. And um, I think your opinion of Delia and the sort of person she is, is really affected by, by COVID because... So we, we're, we're seeing it from a different lens now. You right? see it through a different lens because yeah. you see her actions in a different way. So I've always seen her as kind of a hero, but I think anyone who's um, reading it now or watching it now might go, yeah, no, she's she's really a villain, Alex. She's really, she's really bad news because <laughs> um, how far she's willing to go, you know, is, is pretty extreme. If you think the world is overpopulated, you'll go to a, you'll go to a crazy place. Yeah. That's a good little, that's a good little tell there, but that's sort of, yeah. we, we audiences like characters like this until they, they hurt animals or people, I guess. Right. And then they, they, that, then the audience is kind of like, don't stop liking them, I guess. But we, as an audience, we love kind of obsessed people there for the cause. But then when they get a little self-serving or they get a little godlike, I guess, that's when we kind of lose them, I guess, right? And where, where's that line? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and um, I, I tried, I've always tried to write her as sympathetic or at least as logical, where you can kind of get it. You know, the best villains are like this, where you sure. kind of go... I, I see where you're coming from, you know. Um, you know, I mean, Thanos is kind of like that. In a, well, I, I don't want to make myself sound, sound like a Thanos fan, but you know, there is a logic. There's a logic there. Um, but yeah, she she the last thing she would ever do is is hurt an animal. She's quite the opposite of that. I was reading um, an article just before about the actor who played Jason Voorhees in the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Okay, and in one of those films, he was asked to kick a dog. And he said Jason would never do that. And I think that's so interesting that, you know, he's murdered, I don't know how many people per movie, like 12 or something. Yeah. But, he, but, but you know, they people draw the line at, at an we animal. Do. Well, you ever, like, well, have you ever seen Independence Day? I don't know if it's before, your, if it's after your time, but the world die. Everybody gets blown up, but then that dog say, gets saved, man. That's so right. Yeah, that's all you care about. And look, I'm a bit like, I get it. I totally get it. I'm a bit like that. So so Delia is really, um, I mean, she's an animal rights activist too. She's all about saving the animals. It's the people she's a little less, um, yeah, a little less fond of. Um, and, and Basil, who's the main character in this story, is, you know, deeply in love with her. And he's, he, he's trying to be what she needs him to be right she, he's trying to be an activist on her level but when you fall in love with someone that obsessive you can never you can never measure up to that right you can never be um as extreme as she is and a lot of it deals with that and and uh you know his attempt to work through all of that you, your poster on the under this like you said this is this is uh not a movie it's you want it to be a TV series because there's so many twists and turns and it's got a anthology aspect to it. But you said that the, your, your poster, it's it's like how far would you go to save the world? I guess right. Exactly. That's sort of what yeah. your, the tagline is. That's the hook. Yeah. How long was the play? How long? How many? Like was the, it? The like play's a not. Play? It's it probably goes for about two hours, but there's oh just under about an hour forty. But yeah. there's so much implied in the play that I didn't get to play with. Um, 
so to, to, the, the play where I didn't get to play with everything. So, you know, there's there, there are scenes that are mentioned or there are connections that are never quite fully made. The world is just much bigger than a stage play, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. And um uh I straight away thought, no, this is this is a this is a series. Uh, because you want to see the steps that Delia takes to kind of put her plan in motion. You want to see who else she's connected with. Um, you want time for that romance to kind of boil. Um, and there's also stuff, again, without giving too much away, there's stuff to do with Basil's family and his past as well that I would like the time to kind of unpack. So the play, you know, the play works, but um, the response, I think, from most people was, you know, We'd love to see more of this world, more of what motivates Delia. Um, you're limited on stage in terms of what you can do, particularly if you start to go into a kind of sci-fi or cli-fi sort of space. You, you you don't have that scale to kind of play with. Yeah. Um, but the actors were fantastic. It was a great little, little cast and they did a fantastic job. It's interesting hearing it read now with American accents or... Um, like the the way that is different, yeah. Um, because uh, I don't know what you know. It, it, there's a there's a level of confidence and a level of emphasis that I, I think Australians we're all a bit we're all a bit laid back or we're, we're all a bit I don't know what we are, but um, we don't sort of end everything with an exclamation point. We we, we most of our sentences end with question marks. That's interesting. <laughs> we're it's not asking a question. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a cultural thing. I had a friend who was a linguist who said Americans and Americans and Canadians have a kind of uh, they they end everything with a, a very strong full stop or a very strong exclamation mark. And Australians are always kind of we're kind of I don't know what it is, but we're always kind of like oh, you want to go to the shop? You want to go? You know, this is a kind of um, laid back kind of uh, quality to us. And there's. There's something about Delia as a personality that she becomes much punchier and much um, much more grounded as soon as that kind of the kind of the voice changes. I think. Well, she's she's a person with conviction, and she yeah. and she has absolute truth, right? So she doesn't end anything with a question mark. Everything is no. is a statement of, of she's her. Said, if anything, yeah, she's too far the other way. She should question yeah. herself from time to time, but she. She no. never allows herself to do that. That's her character. That's that's that that's like it's a great character. Like so many people would love to play it, right? So it's because it's, it's yeah, I certainly great. hope so. Um, I think she's great because she's also very clever, um, and so she's always sort of three to four steps ahead of everyone around her. Yeah. And how that plays out is kind of the fun of of doing it in a long form way. No, but we like it because it, 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 it's, uh, and this is very common in a lot of relationships, but we never really see that in the movies. Obviously things are changing now, but she's definitely the alpha of the relationship, right? So, oh, for sure, yeah. And yeah. we, for some reason, it's taken a long time for for Hollywood or even Australian movies, one would assume that, that for that to occur, I guess, right? Yeah, it's a slow thing, I think. And, um, uh, I think part of my reason for wanting to write that way, strangely enough, is coming from a drama school where all the best um, actors, when I was growing up, all the best actors were women. I think it's more competitive for women. 
Um, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of male actors who are going to hear this and say... Oh, well, there's more... Up. For someone who does a lot of readings, of course, and does a lot of casting, there's 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 three times as many women as, as there are men. Yeah, absolutely. So and, and there's not necessarily the roles to uh, reflect that. No, and there's more male roles than female roles, right? So... Sure, yeah. So I, I really like writing... Um, strong, strong, strong women. I mean, Delia is very strong, but also um, Basil's mother, Marie, is a very strong kind of presence and character in this. And um, over time, there's more revealed about her as well. She's very, very loosely based on my own mother. So I actually had to check in with my mum and say, Am I allowed to use some of these things you've actually said in real life? <laughs> is, that, is that okay? Are we comfortable with that? So you have so right now you have uh, uh your website you can go to Big Smoke. Uh, oh yeah, that's me ranting. That's you ranting <laughs> about politics and equality and all that that fun stuff, right? Yeah, and, and and that's my you know getting back to what you said at the very beginning. I think when you're working in drama, you've got to lure them in with with thriller, with with romance, with genre. But I also get to just sometimes, you know, rant. Rant. One of your recent rants, because you have a lot of rants, but is uh, (laughs) is you talk about um, the America, the America, like kind of like decay or fall, and saying that you're tied together with Australia. I'm like paraphrasing, but yeah, no, that 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 is a recent rant, and more in the sense that um, I think it's long been the case that Australia and America are linked politically, culturally. Uh, in terms of trade, and what happens in, you know, a major superpower affects the world. And um, it actually was a reaction to, I think, something that Young Turk said, which is why Australians, you know, getting involved in our culture wars and getting involved in our politics. And my response to that, my, my rant was, we have to get involved because these issues really affect us. Um, and the politics is is really reflected. So, um you know, we have Sky News, which is kind of the baby brother to Fox News. And so mm-hmm. a lot of things kind of come come at us. Um, well, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, the, the devil himself is from Australia, right? Uh, the devil that. himself is from Australia. So we have to take responsibility for that, I think. Yeah. You know, our, our kind of evil grandpa that we've exported to the U.S., well, uh, UK first, right? Then, then the yeah, US UK, and now he's yeah, and he and and I think um, I think it, it it really frightened us when a, a reality TV star had access to the to the nuclear codes. That was um, that we was something that was that. Yeah. No, we weren't comfortable with that. Um, uh, and I have you know I have family in the US as well, but you know I. Um, I think that relationship's really strong, and it and it means that we have to pay attention and, um, you know, understand that we're part of a global community. You know, and what happens at, at an, in a major power affects all of us. Yeah, one hundred percent. So correct me if I'm wrong, because like tell me if I'm wrong on this, but but you, the, the Australians do a little bit things a little bit different, and I think that people should do what Australians do. So everybody has to vote or else you get fined, right? If you don't this vote, is you get true. fined. This is yeah. true. My, my father has been fined twice. Um, just How much did you get fined? How much do you get fined for it, if you don't it vote? Wasn't, it wasn't much. It was a, it was a, I think it was a couple of hundred bucks. And he, That's he still made a lot it, of money, right? Like you, nobody wants to lose a hundred, a couple hundred bucks, right? No. And you'd think my dad would have learned the second time, but he's just really forgetful. 
Um, so no, we the two things that are great is one, you get fined for not voting, but two, we have the kind of preferential voting system, which is slightly different, where, for example, um, if if I want to vote for one of our major parties, I can preference, I can select a minor party knowing my preference is going to a major party. And the advantage of that is I can select, say, the Greens party, knowing that my vote is ultimately going to go to um, our equivalent of the Democrats, really, which is the Labor Party. Yeah. But I'm also sending them a message saying I want things to be more green, if that makes sense. Gotcha. And, and that, that affects um, the political landscape because people can see what issues um, are speaking to voters. So just recently, uh, last year, mid last year, we had an election and we can see that the electorate is swinging towards green politics um, and they have that data now. And, and that, so you sort of feel like your vote can be a statement as well as just a vote if that, if that. Yeah. Works. So um, I think that's a really good, that's a really good system. No, the because whole I, thing, like st beginning and end, you get fined if you don't vote because it's like, because in the mirror, I don't know how much you follow, but the Americans are all about the gerrymandering and they're all about repressing votes. So basically, because they know that that if everybody voted, the, the, the Democrats would win in a landslide, right? Right. And so because even on the Congress, the way it's gerrymandered is that it's like 50, they have like, even though they, they don't control Congress, like the, the Republicans could control Congress. But if you add up all the votes, the Democrats have the most votes, right? That makes sense. And you have this thing about like bottled water as well, that people can't get bottled water when they line up because if that comes from the Democrats and that scene is... No, I it's, no it's, it's more water. about campaigning. So basically you can't... You can give out bottled water, but there's got to be there's got to be a partisan kind of uh, aspect to it right and so meaning that right so you can't you can't be a you can't be representative of a of a party and give out water in, in right line, right that scene is kind of a, a last minute bribe so so it's set <laughs> up for for not democracy right so basically yeah. and that's how they want it because that's how they change the votes because it's like everything's state by state so there's 50 states and they stay basically if they're if they're state senator their state uh representatives are Republican leaning, they they'll change the votes, right? To mm -hmm. uh, or change the they'll gerrymander, you know, gerrymander. They'll change the the, the district maps, right? So basically, mm. so meaning that that so basically, the majority of people like 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 Donald Trump lost the popular vote by three million people, right? Yeah, I did see that, no, and, and but nevertheless, yeah, yeah. So the way, but the way it was district is that in the Congress right now, the Republicans own Congress. But if you add up all the votes, Democrats win 54%, which is mm. a lot of like you're, you're talking about like 150 million million votes. Right. So 54% yeah. of 154, 150 million is a huge landslide. Right. So basically, so that's sort of like how it's set up. But if everybody votes, then that's democracy. And then therefore the, the representatives get picked like they do in Australia. Mm. Right. So how do you do that? Well, you find people for not voting. Right. So mm. well, basically what I'm saying in the long end is that it's genius what, what's going on in Australia. <laughs> in Canada, yeah. only 33 percent of the population voted at the last election, last wow. uh, 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 provincial election. Wow. So then it's nothing to do with representation at all, really, is it? It's just whoever shows up on the day. 
Yeah, but and is it, yeah. I mean, is is it about? I mean, do do, do people feel that? Um, I suppose it's a broad question. It's hard to answer, but you know, do people feel like the political system's not representing them? So why bother showing up? Is that kind of the? Well, yeah, it becomes know, like a, a vicious cycle, I guess, right? Where it's like yeah. like they, yeah. So basically, but you know, like listen, the last American election showed a lot of people that. Their vote counts, right? Because they didn't vote, they weren't voting for Biden. They were voting to get Donald Trump out, right? So oh, completely, yeah. Everybody sure. showed up, right? And then they got then because of COVID, they had the mail in ballot, so it was easier to vote, which pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yes, yes. Well, so the mail in ballots tend to be Democrats, and then they come in what slightly later. Yeah. And that yeah, and that just sets the whole thing off. And I was, I mean, the election here, I was preemptively drunk. I was sure it was going to go badly. Yeah. I, was, I was hanging out with my girlfriend, completely drunk. And then I sat up and went, actually, this is going quite well. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is not what I thought it would be. I mean, we had, um, I don't know how much you know, we had a, a very frightening yeah. prime minister. Uh, yeah, well, who, they did, it, was, it was the sweep, right? You had Trump and then you had... You had the UK, you had, uh, what's his yeah. name in the UK, Boris Johnson. Yeah, we, we had Boris Johnson, and then, you, yeah, you had a few, you had a bit of a revolving door in the UK, yeah. and then we had Morrison, who had just quietly um, taken over about five different portfolios without telling anyone. So he was the treasurer, he was the minister for resources, he was, he had about five ministries, like he'd directly taken over without telling anyone. So he yeah, was dictatorship. That's what yeah. it's, it's a narcissistic dictatorship. That that was Trump's uh political that, that was his that's how he governed, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean Trump kind of fascinates me because um I was watching the Diamond and Silk uh funeral, the funeral for I think it was Diamond that passed away. And then he was saying he's never met her sister, and they've got all these pictures of him with her sister, and you go. Do you have the worst memory in the world, or are you just are you just genuinely nuts? Is that is that, no, is he, that where you are? He knows that his base doesn't care if he lies or not, right? So he just does what he wants, matter. right? Yeah, and I, and that does get back to us unleashing our evil grandpa on the world. So um, yeah, that's a that's a story in itself, right? Because it's like yeah, that's a, that's a whole can of worms I want to get into. Yeah, but basically, but I guess what I'm trying to say is that. Is that Australia does like and because you have a smaller population, it's easier to maneuver, right? Like yeah, completely. You, you had a gun yeah, control problem. problem. You had a gun yeah. control problem, and then they just everything just got swept, and now you don't have a gun control problem. I'm just using yeah. an analogy, right? Where it's like, how many people live in Australia? Like less than thirty million. Yeah, yeah, and we we had a we had a, a massacre in um, Tasmania. In I was in high school, so we're going back to the mid to late nineties. Yeah. And there was a bit of a backlash, but essentially, um, essentially, we got we got the guns out of circulation, and um, and that was actually a conservative. To be fair, that was a conservative prime minister who did that, which is so, I'm sure, so alien to yeah, an American audience, or to, you know, like the idea of a conservative banning guns. I think must just sound mad. Yeah. Well, I was just I was doing a podcast today with people from Seattle, very liberal uh, city and very liberal people who are talking to you. But they're they're they they grew up with guns. Right. They they are talking about MA6. They're 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 talking because one of the movies was they're making is about there's guns in it. And they're like their their language about guns to talking to me 
was was out of my mind. It was like they because they they were it was so secondhand to them, right? It was like talking about it's just normal. Yeah, I mean it's it's unheard of. I don't think I've even seen a gun in my entire I've never, life. I, I've never touched a gun. I never touched a gun or yeah. shot. A gun. So basically, but it's like that's part of the that's it showed me that it's 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 like in a general sense, it's like it's very part of Americana, right? Guns are mm. a big part of the culture. If you, whether you're Democrat, uh, liberal, whether you are liberal. Uh, conservative whether you live in middle america on the in the coast it's like everybody has guns right so yeah it's 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 very i mean i i understand i understand the history and and the sense that it's connected to freedom but i guess from from my cultural perspective i just can't see that connection i mean i know there are republicans who say that australia is enslaved and and you know we've given up our freedom but we absolutely haven't and uh it's just it's a hard thing for me to get my head around I, you know i respect people's views but um it's just so far outside of our yeah, lived experience that's what i mean it's just something that you're just not so that's what you, that's what you're tackling but also too you got to remember it's like 300 million people living in that small little like it's the size of australia there's like you have 30 they have 300 million people right like yeah, and I'm, I'm in a city. I'm not sure how many people live in Adelaide, but it's it's you know it's tiny even by um, Australian standards. It's hard to um, maneuver. It's hard to like get things done and change when there's so many like moving parts, right? So, and such a a strong sense of a of a divide. I think you know the 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 liberal conservative divide seems really yeah strong. You know, and and whereas we can still, I mean, I have some conservative friends, and we can still sort of discuss it but I I I I've never met a died in the wall you know diehard Trump supporter but I think it'd be hard to even <laughs> understand I would just be there going that guy really yeah <laughs> well, <laughs> you know yeah, so it's, it's a much stronger divide the world changed and white people lost their jobs right and there was a there was a that's the bottom line where like there was you know there was a there was a natural succession from generation to generation where you had a job, a factory job or whatever, growing up in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Alabama, wherever you are, right? And if you're white yeah. and you're male, you basically had a middle-class job. You had a house, you had a mortgage, you lived the life, right? And then that shifted in the, in the 2000s. The with the, out of that, yeah. Right, with free trade and like the world that, you know, moving to uh to an information world and then so everybody lost their jobs and then they didn't the white people they, it wasn't like a natural succession so the, a lot of there's a lot of pissed off people so then you got a guy who's like a carnival salesman which he is yeah he's you know, like he's like Lex Luthor he, he kind of yeah. swings in and goes I'll solve your problems and telling people and, that look what those people did look what that you know look at that black uh, president did but that's like he's the reason why you don't have a job even though it's not the truth it's mm. people are like people are we're very simple humans are very simple right we look for blame all the time yeah that's we're, it we're it's very them. simple we're very tribal as well yeah. i think we, we very tribal and, and then it didn't yeah. he made them safe and it's like oh let's get together and band together and in, in our misery and and so when you're white and you're in your your life has didn't turn out the way it turned out to be you're going to blame something and then that's when conspiracy comes up and then that's how yeah. it, it snowballs right then you have fox news basically saying not really like it's already been proven, but they're not saying what the news is. They're saying, what are they thinking? Let's do a pro focus group. And then they're going to, yeah. they're going to preach to the, to the choir and then they're going to feel better about themselves. And then, 
And then hence it's like news entertainment. That's another one of my rants. News entertainment. Yeah. I don't want news to be too entertaining. I want it to be factual. I'm I'm okay with it being boring, but this yeah. this idea that you know, news entertainment and we feedback what the the audience wants you to feedback hear. Feedback the audience wants to hear, right? So yeah, on a continual loop. But I I you know you have, you you've got to sympathize with people. But the the tragic thing about all of that is that this carnival, as you say, this kind of um, it's like the villain from Pete's Dragon who just sort of swings yeah. into town to sell, you know, um, tonics and stuff. But he he doesn't care, and 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 so the of course you sympathise with people whose situation has changed, but they're just looking at they're looking to the wrong guy. They're looking yeah. to someone who's just exploiting them. Well, it's you know, sort of like the, you, know the, you know those old those old worlds where like there's the guy who comes into town and it's like I'm going to make it rain. Like they they go to the yeah. far towns. He stays long enough, it's gonna rain, right? And then eventually it'll happen. <laughs> but it's like, but you he just stayed long enough, it rained, right? So that's what it's yeah. sort of like that's sort of what he does with his policies. It's like, hey, look what look what happened here. Look what I did. Yeah. He didn't do anything. It's it's unbelievable. And then as you say, the conspiracy theory. we this is what we're catching down here. You know, we had a local council recently had to say we're not putting trip chips in your head. We're not teaming up with Elon Musk to to read your mind. Yeah. And they had to make this public statement. And I'm saying, why is that? How are we getting sucked into this? But yeah. we are. And the thing is, nobody cares about th those people, right? So nobody wants to read their bright minds because nobody cares. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah. Well, you can you can see how political I get how quickly. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, 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 I enjoy the conversation. It's like, and I'm sure people do too as well, because as you can see where your mind comes from, I, I'll put a link on your website. It's fantastic um, on the on the podcast, because it's like, I like what you have to say. So yeah, you're a very good writer. So congratulations with this mini series. Hopefully it gets made. And uh, I like how you said, it's like you did, you had an Australian play, then you got some American actors doing the reading for you, just kind of like a little brief scene. And it's like, you kind of see the, context so um it, op it opens it up yeah it, it opens, opens it up, up for yeah. a broader conversation thank you so much this has yeah. been great yeah so hopefully we'll talk again when you make your write your next script or when this is turned into a series brilliant all right man enjoy the day one two three four five